understand. Well, it is interesting. A lot of smart people up there, right? I mean, you're not talking about not smart people. Not one world class. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who can learn. But no one world class at all. Not even close. Not even in the ballpark. Not even in the game. It is a totally different thought process. Though. Yeah. 100%. Like, well, Bittl. Bottom line is, is Chochma is Bittl. And without, without Bittl, so then Chochma is limited. Meaning there's no Chochma. There might be a lot of Bina. <laughs> Not, but obviously, that's also limited. Mm-hmm. It really is interesting. Okay. We're in the middle of, of uh, well, near the end of Ois Gimel. Rebbe's been talking about Ruach Shtus. And the Ruach Shtus is that a person doesn't realize that they're separate from the Ebrister when they do an Aveira. And so they'll allow themselves to do certain Aveiras. Only certain Aveiras. There are certain Aveiras that it's absolutely clear that we are separate from the Ebrister. So those, those Aveiras we won't let ourselves do in any way, shape, or form. Then the Rebbe mentioned the interesting fact that we see very clearly that the, the essence of a Jew is that he doesn't want to be separate from the Ebrister, and we see that, 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 that the simplest Jew, who might not necessarily, so to speak, live for, for Kaddish Baruch Hu, is willing to die for Kaddish Baruch Hu, because what happens at that point, it becomes absolutely clear. At that point, where Mesiris Nefesh might be called for, what the stakes are. And that if Chos V'Shalom Chos V'Shalom a Jew transgresses, so he's separating himself from the Ebrister, so he's not willing to do that. Even though in the context of your average everyday taiva, he wasn't necessarily so strong. Right? But when it came, when, when things became absolutely clear, then he was certainly willing to be Mason Ebrister. Now the Rebbe says an amazing thing in terms of just the order of what the Rebbe is about to say. Okay. So let's start. We're down, there's a, there's a lot of Yiddish. We're down where all the Yiddish happens in the middle of the page. You can see all the Yiddish. Are there any extra packets? No, I'm sorry, I don't have. I can just share with someone. Two weeks into this, so. I'll try to remember to make a copy. Okay? So, um, Pedush. Uh, let's start. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 lines down. Yeah, we got a little further, but, but actually, maybe not. We got about there. Oh, we got 12. All right, 12 lines down. Perish. Da ruach shtus, this spirit of folly, gerim leila adam heder hergish. It causes a person to lack sensitivity. What's he lacking sensitivity to? He's lacking sensitivity to his distance from a Baruch Hu. Right. Right. What did we say? 11 lines? But he's lacking, he's lacking sensitivity to his distance from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Were a person to be sensitive to the Ebrister, so he, he, wouldn't want, he wouldn't want to do something contrary to God's will. Vahainu, <coughs> and what's the dynamic of that? The power of the pleasure in the, in the, in the desire and the, the, the warmth, the, the you know, burning desire of the Nefesh Bahamis and Gashmias. Right? So a person's tremendous connection to some sort of physical pleasure, and it doesn't have to be physical, right? I mean, we, the, the easiest, the easiest uh, expression of it is physical, but it can be an emotional pleasure, it can be intellectual pleasure, right? I mean, it can even be spiritual pleasure. That's not the Ebrister, but that's you know, not what, really what the Rebbe is talking about. He's talking simply about simple averas that are based on taivas and elam Right? Which is the easiest way to understand. Right? There's all sorts of taifas. 
You know, the taiva for covered and honor and you know all that is worse than the taiva for a chocolate bar. But uh, it's easier to talk about chocolate bars. V'chamim is the nevishabam is gerim loy that causes the person hakridus coldness the head their hergish and a lack of sensitivity binyanim meruchnim. To the extent that a person is sensitive to Gashmis, to that sense, to that degree, they'll lack sensitivity in Ruchnias. There's a saying that people, I don't know whether people still say it, it was very, very popular way back. People would say about themselves or they'd say about other people, and it's ultimately the, the greatest, what's the opposite of a compliment? The, 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 Okay, something like an insult, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not meaning to insult the person, obviously, but, but the obvious is, is, is people who say, I'm very in tune with myself. That was like a big thing in the 60s and the 70s, to be in tune with yourself, which means you're just a big yesh, and you're dripping with self, and all you think about is self, and you're very in tune with yourself, right, exactly. Right? Every little physical pleasure, you're very in tune with it. And every little piece of honor that you get, you're very in tune with it. And every little insult that you get, you're very in tune with that too. So you're very bothered by that. Blah, blah. We don't want to be in tune with ourselves. We want to be in tune with God. Right? I that bring that into self. to bring that into our conscious reality. But in tune with myself. You know, those are the people who, when they have little too much sugar in a piece of cake that they thought was sugar-free, all of a sudden they can't function the whole rest of the day. They're so in tune with themselves that they're having a sugar overload. Get it together, you know. You know, live life. Leave me alone. All right? Okay. But I'm very in tune with myself. All right? So that's not so healthy. All right? That doesn't mean you should uh, overload on sugar, but it's not so healthy. Like, <laughs> you know. Peirish. What do you think that what do you think that word means? What's the what's the what's the central part of that word? And I know that's hard to say, but tsu <laughs> is tsu is a prefix, kite, yiddish kite, right? Yiddishness. Okay, so what's the what's the root of that word in the middle? Bond. A, to be bound up, to have a bond with something. Tsuga bunkite. So koch kite. To koch in something is to focus on it, talk, you know. People always used to ask after the Rebbe's for and if they weren't there, what was the Rebbe's koch? What, what did the Rebbe talk about? What was he focusing on? Right? So a person's being bound up and focused in inyone chemda v'tayve b'resicho, in matters of physical pleasure b'resicho, boiling hot, passionately. Zem mekarer hergish. This cools their sensitivity. Dem deheren gemfil. Deher is a, a sensitivity. They hear it. And gefil, I mean, feel, they feel it. Be'inyonim ruchnim. I mean, I can't have my cake and eat it too, so to speak. You know, either a person develops a sensitivity in the taste of wine and goes to wine tasting contests and, or, you know, not parties or whatever, they're on contests, right? And, and you develop a, a very sensitive palate to the difference between a good Merlot and a Cabernet Sauvignon. That's for you, Mayor. I just love saying those things, right? Okay? Or, or, uh, or, or he doesn't. He doesn't know the difference between a Merlot and a Cabernet Sauvignon. Right? Okay. Hopefully he knows it's a Merlot and a Cabernet Sauvignon, but that would, you know, at least that far he went. Right? So if a person develops a very great palate for, for wine, that means he took energy to develop that. That means he didn't use that energy to develop more sophisticated sensitivities. It doesn't mean he's a bad guy. 
be a great guy. But that energy is misplaced. Right? And and desensitizes me to other things because I'm very sensitive to, to this. Er is as er is, he is, Azoi, so much, filled completely, fully. Ibergegeben, given over, he's so completely given over to his physical uh, desires. As the Ruchnis Hergesh, his spiritual sensitivity is by him concealed. It's not that it's not there, it's just concealed. He has it, he has an Evishalo case. We learned about that in the second part. Vahainu, Shanasa Bilti Margish Klau. He becomes completely insensitive to godly matters. The Rebbe will discuss that later on. And this is, it's interesting, it's the Friedrich Rebbe, it, the, the Rebbe always talks about the Friedrich Rebbe in, in terms of his, his, what people think about the Friedrich Rebbe and what the Friedrich Rebbe is really like are two opposite things. Most of the pictures we have of the Friedrich Rebbe are very stern. One famous picture of the Rebbe laughing. Most of the pictures of the Rebbe looks extremely serious. And you look like, whoa, like I would not want to meet that, you know, that he looks very serious. The Rebbe says that the Friedrich Rebbe was male simcha, always in a state of unbelievable simcha. And the Rebbe said about himself, he said the public persona is that, you know, this incredibly outgoing simcha dick person. The Rebbe said about himself, it's much more serious than the Friedrich Rebbe. The Rebbe was really an intellectual, meaning in mitzad, you know, the Rebbe is the Rebbe and he's everything. But I mean, in term, the Rebbe's personality is an intellectual. What the Rebbe want to do? He said, let me sit and learn all day. Leave me alone. Right? I, the Rebbe's mercy and nefesh not to do that, so he would take care of the Jewish people. But I, the Rebbe didn't want to be the Rebbe. It was absolutely clear. Right? He wasn't interested in the thing. Right? It was absolutely clear to the Rebbe that this is what had to be done, so he did it. But So the, the, I'm saying that because the Friedrich Rebbe is going to be extremely harsh going to just be, he's going to be straight and harsh, but you have to understand where it's coming from. Not from a desire to be harsh, just from saying the truth, the way it is. Sometimes that's harsh. Shanasa bilti margish klau. Ve'ena margish. That's very interesting. Look at the order here. Ve'ena margish la noyam, the pleasantness, varivus, the sweetness, v'toiv, the goodness, v'ilui, the loftiness, Bekiyam a mitzvah, of doing mitzvahs. V'chein ain't a margish a pechisus. He also isn't. He doesn't feel. He's not sensitive to the 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 pechisus. The the like from the word pachot less the lowliness. Berichuke in his distance meet mielakus shenasa yedechet va'avim. That's brought about through the aveira. Now the order is really interesting because up until now the the tone of everything the Rebbe's been saying in Ois Gimel, the Rebbe seems to be talking about doing aveiras. Right? <laughs> but transgressing a favor, doing something against the will of a Kaddish Baruch. That's been the whole tone. And where does that come from? And now when the Rebbe talks about sensitivity to Elokus, he starts with the mitzvah's ase. Meaning if I don't feel the beauty of the mitzvah's ase, then I'm not going to feel the lack of that closeness in an Avedu. If I feel the beauty of the closeness to a Kaddish Baruch that a mitzvah uh, uh, provides, then I'm not going to want to deny myself that, that not mitzad yeshus, just mitzad the truth of it, deny myself that closeness to something so beautiful, something where the, the words of the Rebbe, noyam, where are they? Noyam, arivus, hatoiv, vailui. Tamuru, kitoiv, havayo, right? The, the passage that the Rebbe quotes from the Alta Rebbe. 
come and see. As the Abishter is good, taste, taste and see. Taste and see as the Abishter is good. Taste Elokus and you'll see it's beautiful. Oh, so, but if I haven't tasted Elokus, then I'm not sensitive to the distance from Elokus. I, 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 I'm not missing anything because I don't know what I'm missing. So interesting, the order. Because there's no question that the gesh, the emphasis up until now has been on, on the Aveva. And all of a sudden, it's all about the, 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 the positive commandment. Because if I can appreciate the closeness that that affords, then I'll also appreciate the lack thereof and not want to go there. Ubederach klal, in general, who kisuya nevishabahamis, it's the covering up of the nevishabahamis, shemachasal and nevishalokis. It covers up the nevishalokis. The nevishalokis wants to be close to the Ebishter. It, it, it feels that closeness. It loves the Ebishter naturally. We talked about that. The nevishabahamis has to be educated and elevated and illuminated to appreciate Elokus. So if the Nevesh Abahamis isn't quite fully educated, so then it can cover up the Nevesh Elokis. Dehine a Nevesh Elokis who Elokus betzim mahusa. The Nevesh Elokis is godliness in terms of the essence of its being. The Nevesh Elokis doesn't require any education. It doesn't require to do anything to be close to the Ebishter. That's what it is. Ubefrat, particularly a Nitzay particularly the spark of that Nefesh Elokis that's in him, that's vitalizing him, who anitza its prati, it's the particular spark, hashayach el gufay prati, that's relevant to his particular body. Shal yedea, through this Nefesh Elokis, who margish b'chol inyonim elokim. A person can feel godly things, can be sensitive to godliness. Because the Nefesh Elokis is Margish Ma'oid Badavar Shumanagad Elokus. The Nefesh Elokis is very, very sensitive to something that's the opposite of Elokus. Finds it very repulsive. Behind the Dabar Shene Elokus Begilui, something that's not godliness in a revealed way, I meaning even something that's theoretically parav, if there is such a thing, ain't a Rezabai. The Nefesh Elokis isn't interested in it. The Nefesh Elokis is interested in Elokus. Ubefrat, particularly, but davreshu menaged elokus, particularly something that is contrary to elokus. Umbereich mizeh, the nevesh elokis flees from this kabereich midaver mazik, like fleeing from something that harms you. Because adamah, it does harm the nevesh elokis. Uka adamah bereich mimavus, like a person fleeing from death. The butter loyla nevesh elokis, it's absolutely clear to the nevesh elokis. The misa ruchnis, rachmanol etzlan, that a spiritual death, Distancing oneself from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, who kasha yeser is worse, mimisa gashmis chasvishalom, than physical death. What's physical death? Physical death is simply passing from one state to another. Spiritual death affects something eternally. Physical death doesn't affect something eternally. I mean, it affects the body, right? But not the, not the actual person. The actual person is their soul. That's who they were before they came into Elamazah. That's who they are after they leave Elamazah. The again, still talking about the Nevesh Elokis. All of its desires, v'cheftsei, two different, chuka is a longing to cling to something, to long for it. V'cheftsei is a desire, hu be'elokus. Nevesh Elokis wants elokus. V'lasei is keilim lelokus, and in terms of its function in this world, it wants to make keilim lelokus, it wants to bring about means of revealing elokus, because that's what a kli is, we know that. V'kol gases v'chumriyas yeshus v'metzias in Nevesh Abahamis, and all of the crassness and the, and the material nature and the self-centeredness and the existence of the Nevesh Abahamis, 
because that's the nature of the Nefesh of Amis without an education. He covers, hides, and conceals the, the sensitivity of the Nefesh Elokis. Because the Nefesh is again, naturally is sensitive to Gashmias and sensitive to self. It doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It doesn't mean he's a nasty person. Not even going to be a wonderful person. Right? I mean, very caring, nice, friendly guy, just into himself. Not really sensitive to anything outside of self. Not sensitive to anything beyond self. Right? So, for a Yid, that's a disaster. doesn't mean he's a nasty person. But the Nevi Jabamis is Gats, Chumri, Tzintiyeshus, and Tzintimetzius. That's what it is. Ubapshitus, simply, <laughs> all that we just said in, in eight lines, the other Rebbe will say it in one line. As their Geshmak from Welt, a person's pleasure in worldly matters. Oilam, the word Olam, world. Shuhelem comes from the root helem to conceal. Is mechasu master covers and conceals uftem hergesh eloki a person's sensitivity to elokus. You know, I can't have my cake and eat it too. I can't be someone who's 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 completely involved in gashmias and also has godly sensitivities. My spirituality will be self-serving. Why? Well, because that's who I am. That's what I'm into. Again, bad guy, not a bad guy, but not reaching his potential. What's the potential? The pen- potential we have is to be someone who's mamish, sensitive to elokus, and interested in elokus, neto. Right? That doesn't mean that a person locks themselves up somewhere and sits and learns and davens all day and has nothing to do with Elam because that's not what the Ebishter wants. And if I'm sensitive to elokus, I'm doing what the Ebishter wants. But I'm doing what the Ebishter wants within the context of the Ebishter's desires for it and not my desire. Right? We do mitzvahs not to become some better person. That's me. We do mitzvahs because the Abishta wants mitzvahs. Hopefully you're not nice to your wife so you'll be a better husband. Hopefully you're nice to your wife because you love your wife. You'll be a better husband. But if that's why you're nice to your wife, then you're a creep. I'm nice to my wife so I can think of myself as a better husband. I want to be a better husband so I have to be nice to my wife because better husbands are nice to their wife. So Barak Hashem is nice to his wife. But she just became an object in his desire to be a better husband. Rather than turn your wife into an object, why don't you actually love her? And then, Mamele, you're a better husband, but you're not thinking about her. You, you're thinking about her. This relationship is about her. Your job is to take care of her. Okay, so you're going to do that as best you can. You'll blow it now and then, right, because you're a person, but, but hopefully that'll be your desire in that relationship is to take care of her and that she should have what she needs. And hopefully her understanding in the relationship should be that she's going to take care of you and take care of what you need. Right? Emotionally, spiritually, physically, all sorts of different ways in which you help each other and, 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 and take care of each other. Okay. And hopefully the, the, the geish, the, the emphasis is on the other, and then that's a real relationship. Oh, so too with the Abishtim. Right. And you serve God so I can be better. Fair. Serve God because God wants wants it. Why does he want it? I don't know. That's his problem. That's not yours. Why does your wife like purple flowers? Who cares? That's not your problem. Just bring purple flowers. 
you don't like purple flowers, that's your problem. Bring purple flowers, because that's what she likes. You like yellow, so you always bring yellow flowers. You're trying to convince her that yellow flowers are better than purple. Spent 35 years of marriage trying to convince his wife that yellow is better than purple. So she thought it was cute. Like she, after 10 years of it, when she was just annoyed, you know, what is my, what's with this guy with these yellow flowers? Doesn't he know I don't like yellow flowers? Okay, potatoes. So after a while, she just she talks about it with her friends how cute he is because he's you know still bringing me yellow flowers, which I hate, but I, I've like grown to like them a little bit because it's you know it's so cute that he's such an idiot that he can't bring me can't bring me purple. He keeps bringing me yellow. It becomes something endearing about him. Right? Cute little idiosyncrasies that we start finding. You know, the first five years of marriage you find annoying, and after that you find endearing. Okay, fine. That's why you have to make it through the first five years. <laughs> okay, fine. But it's still, on his part, it's pretty dumb. Just bring purple. Right. God wants what he wants. Why? I don't know. I mean, Tefillin are pretty funky. You know, like, where did he get that idea? You know, black boxes, leather straps. Okay, Seder, cool. Baruch Hashem is not into studs, you know, we have like, things in our tongue and our ears, I and mean, that would be pretty heavy. wouldn't want to have to do that. But if that's what he wants, so then that's what you do. <laughs> I can't say, uh, you know, I'm very happy he doesn't want that. But. It's about him. And that's the Nevesh Elokis. The Nevesh Elokis has that sensitivity. The Nevesh Bahamis has to develop that sensitivity. So we can talk about it, I mean, the very fact that we're talking about it and we're all nodding our heads means our Nefesh Bahamis has some sensitivity to this idea. That doesn't mean I'm living it. But I, at least I've had, I have the intellectual understanding of the, the truth of that. Okay, so that's an incredible step. As opposed to saying, no, 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 no. No. Let me show you, I'll show you a Chazal that serving God is all about me. You can find Chazals to say anything. That's not doesn't mean that there's a, not a side of truth to it. Of course, there's a side of truth to it. Right? But what's the deepest truth? The deepest truth is that it's not about me. It's about him. That's what relationships are about. Do you get something from the relationship? Ooh, ah, big time, big time. But that's not what it's about. But then every time he will cover up a person's sensitivity to elikus, so I can even turn my spirituality into a self-centered spirituality, right? This is the opposite of the intention. That that which was the supernal intention in the creation of the worlds. We saw it in the beginning of the Maimur. Why are they able to create the world? Now, there are different reasons given in Chazal. Chassidus has always seen this, this medrash as the single most important reason and the reason mitzad the Ebishter. There's reasons given in Chazal what we get from it. Teva tev lahetiv. It's the nature of good to give good, which is the source of Musr. Right? Musr talks all about that, which is true. It's a chazal. The nature of good is to give good, and God wants to give us good. And what's the greatest good? A relationship with Him. No question. We, get, we win the lottery if we do Torah Mitzvahs. We've won the lottery. Okay. Say that. The nature of the Ebesha the, the, the wanted to be Megala Rachmanusa. He wanted to reveal his Rachmim. So we're the recipients of that rachamim, Baruch Hashem. But Mitzad the Eibishter, what did the Eibishter want from it? He wanted a dear b'tachtenim. So Mitzad, what he wants, it's a dear b'tachtenim. What we get, we get everything. 
the Nisava Kodesh Baruch Liyasla is Baruch Dir B'Tachteni. That the Ebishter wanted to have a Dir B'Tachteni. Al Yedei, what? And we mentioned this earlier. He didn't just want to do it, but to tell him. Al Yedei, Avedis HaAdam Beguf and Nevi Shabahamis. Through the Aved of a person with the Guf and the Nevi Shabahamis. The Ebishter wants to do it, but to So make for yourself a Dir B'Tachteni. No, he wants you and I to make a Dir B'Tachteni. Down here, with a Guf and with the Nevi Shabahamis, to elevate the Nevi Shabahamis and illuminate the Nevi Shabahamis so that the Nevi Shabahamis can actually think about something other than itself. Think about what the Ebishter wants. And it can actually get the goof to perform all of these incredible deeds that the Nevesh Elokis wants and that is illuminating through the Nevesh Bahami, so the goof actually goes along with it. Because the goof doesn't care. The goof will do whatever it's told to do. The question is, what's the Nevesh Bahami telling the goof to do? is and to be in this world, Dafka, specifically, to rectify it, and to purify it. And what can happen in actuality? The opposite can happen. This world, really, the name of the Mimer is Basi Lagani. It's a gun. It's a garden. It's a place of unbelievable revelation. But what can happen? I, I, can, I can turn the world into a place of, of concealment. That the world can hide the light of truth. The words of the Friedrich Rebbe are such descriptive words. Nit ave, he becomes thick. Ave is thick. becomes thick. Venisgashem, and becomes very materialistic. Kol kach. kol hush. Until it's lacking any, any feeling, sensitivity. A hush is a sense, right? The hush ariya, the sense of sight. Any sense, miahergish. Of the sensitivity, an equal feeling. I think you know what that means. Binyonim haruchti, spiritual things. This comes from the Nevi Shabamis. This isn't the true nature of a yid. But the Nevi Shabamis can cause this, that a, that a Jew can become completely insensitive to Elokos. <coughs> and the Rebbe isn't talking about non religious Jews. I mean, also. He's not, that's, who's he talking to? He's talking to his Hasidim. He sent this to us. He told us to read this. Who was going to read this? This isn't printed in the New York Times. You can't find it. But no, seriously. Right? He's, he's not that, oh, yeah, those non-religious people. There. He's talking to every single one of us. That we can lack sensitivity of elokus, so we can, turn el- we can turn our religion into something that's completely and totally about me. Hmm? Which, honestly, we've talked about this many times, and it's an important thing to talk about. The Balchuva. In the beginning of the process, of course it's about him. What else is it going to be about? How can he possibly have some selfless ideal of Elokus? Where would that come from? It's going to be about me. Filling a void in my, my life, finding something real. This is real. Okay, okay, 100%. Say it. Okay, now what? So the people have the bad luck to run into Lubavitch at the beginning. So they're bombarded with this, you know, hit over the head by, you know, by the... By, by the time they've been around three months, they're hit over the head. Okay, sweet. You're sweet. But you know what? There's a God and it's about him. Get it together. No, but I like this spirituality. Be me expressing my spirituality, becoming a whole, complete person. I'm better. Okay. You're better. There's no question. It's better keeping Shabbos than not keeping Shabbos. There's no question. That's not why you keep Shabbos. No, but don't tell me that. Rabbi Vichlin 
senior Oliver Shalom, Rabbi Rifkin's father, when we opened the yeshiva for Balei Tshuva in Yerushalayim 30 years ago, exactly, Tavshin Memtes, first Gilgal of Mayanot. There were uh, two of us teaching, and one. there were three of us who wrote the Rebbe a letter. One was involved in the Hanhala and raising money, and two of us were teaching. So um, we were the seventh group that asked the Rebbe for a bracha to open a yeshiva for Balei Tshuva in Yerushalayim, and we were the only, the, 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 up until that point, no one had ever been given a bracha, and uh, we, we got a bracha from the Rebbe on, on Zion Tevis, Tavshin Memtes. It should be with success. I'll mention it on the gravesite of the Rebbe. So, uh, so we opened a place called Teres Chaim. So Rabbi Vichten's father, Al Shem, was the Rosh Hashiva Morristown, and, and uh, used to go to him for advice. He was older, wiser, had been doing this a little longer. So uh, one of the things he told me to do was wear a tie. <laughs> Why I wear a tie? That's why Rabbi Vichten wears a tie also, because uh, I went uh, I went to Rabbi Vichten once and I, I didn't have a tie. No one there saw what ties, so I didn't have a tie. So he said, "Barak, where's your ties?" And no, I don't wear ties. So he said, "Wear a tie." Americans think rabbis wear ties. That was his line. Those words, exactly those words. Americans think rabbis wear ties. Wear a tie. I said, okay, so I went and I got the tie. It's not like I didn't have a tie around. I mean, I was in America. I didn't have any ties with me. I went and I bought a tie and I put on a tie. Since then, I wore a tie. So when Rabbi Vichten came to work in Mayanot, Rabbi Vichten Jr., our beloved Rabbi Vichten, when he came to work in Mayanot, so he didn't wear a tie. So Rabbi Shemta went over to him and asked him to start wearing a tie. He said, I'm not a tie. He said, go talk to Kaplan. So Rabbi Vichten came over to me, because I told Rabbi Vichten the story once, just because I find it an amazing story. So, so he came over to me. He said, uh, Rabbi Shemtov sent me to you. Why? He wants me to wear a tie. So I might not be that bright, but I figured out the connection. So I told him the story. How many times have you seen Rabbi Vichlin in here without a tie? Very rarely, right? I mean, look, he lives right next door, and every now and then he'll pop over. But basically, he's here with a tie all the time. As soon as he heard that his father said that, he doesn't like ties. <laughs> but he's heard his father said that. Every day of time, he's here all the time. And he got flack from it from his buddies and you know. <laughs> Ooh, the toy. <laughs> I remember giving a friend of mine a hard time in 770 for wearing a tie. He was wearing a tie on Shabbos. We were sitting in for bringing. The Rebbe had finished for bringing, and it was the summer, so we had time. We were sitting in for bringing in 770. And uh, he's my best friend. So uh, I was making fun of his tie. I said, You and your tie, even on Shabbos, a tie. So. Looks up to me and says, The rabbi of this synagogue wears a tie. Who's the rabbi of that synagogue? You're in 770. <laughs> the rabbi of this synagogue wears a tie. Says, so Okay, I guess I can't say much right now. <laughs> On Shabbos, also. The rabbi also doesn't look so comfortable in his tie. Many times in for bringing the rabbi, he would sort of move his tie around. but. See, I'm not really Makusha because this has things on it. The Rebbe's tire is black, straight, nothing on it. I mean, this, this is, I'm not really Makusha because it has these little things. Couldn't find a straight black one there, oh. except this one that was about this wide. I felt like, you know, Bozo the Clown was in it, so I got this one. So it's hanging in there, it's getting a little shredded. You know. As long as this doesn't break, once this breaks, then you're in trouble. 
and this thing starts flying over to the side, and you can't be <laughs> tuck in my shirt. I'll tuck it in my shirt. Okay. So, our corporate, uh, our corporate uh, representative here. Never, a, well, only a black tie at weddings. But, uh, yeah, no, no, the, this is this is the most important part of the tie. It's this little part. My father, my father, that I should be his compadre, has always uh, always wore a bow tie. Tied his own bow tie every single day. I just found out why he wore a bow tie. I'm boring you with this, but it's all right. It's my father, and I'm going to talk about him whether you like it or not. I found out why he wore a bow tie. I didn't know. My mother said that he was, uh, he was a doctor, a young doctor, and he had a tie on. And his tie kept getting in the way. He'd lean over, and it would get in the way. Pain getting in the way. So they had those little tie clips. If you ever saw those in the old days, they had these little clips you'd clip it. But he didn't relate to that. So he started wearing a bow tie. So that doesn't get in the way. So he always wore a bow tie. Always. Tied it. Never knew how to buy tie a bow tie. Never learned. Sorry. Okay. But you can't get too into bow ties either, because that's also a Lamaza. <laughs> this tie is Elam Haba, right? This is really Ruchnius, because Rabbi Vichlin's father told me I have to wear a tie, so there you go. This is really Ruchnius. But, Shazel, uh, right? What, what did the Nevesh of a person, <coughs> a person can <coughs> lose all sight of spiritual sensitivities because he has a Nevesh of And the Nevesh of naturally, Shuhu Kavua Umushrash Binyane the Nevesh is naturally is, is kavua, set, mushrash, sourced, like, you know, with roots, rooted, better word, rooted, and that's its whole being, that's what it's about, naturally. And in worldly matters, it will meditate, and think, and speak, with a lot of energy, with the grazen geschmack, where there's a lot of pleasure. See sports fans talking about their team, people who are into certain restaurants talking about their restaurant. You see people into restaurants talking about restaurants? My goodness gracious, it's like they're talking about their favorite child. Oh, it's amazing, and the ambiance. Hello, it's a restaurant. Just, you know, just go sit at home and, and have a bowl of cereal and be done. Be, 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 be met. You're turning eating into, a, into an evade, into a whole pulchan, into a whole service. Ah. Is it nice to take your wife out to a restaurant and give her a break? Yes. Nice to take guests out? Yes. Take yourself out? Just go eat in 10 minutes and get it done and get on with real life. Restaurants weren't made for me. They are made for the person you're taking there so that they can have a good time. This sensitivity in general and particularly the pleasure, the geschmack that he has in this, this negates a person's spiritual sensitivity. This is probably the single most annoying thing that the Rebbeim keep telling us. It's mamish the very beginning of Tanya. Right? Right? When this is up, this is down. That we can't have our cake and eat it too, all the Gashemis we want and all the Ruchnias we want. Right? That does not mean that the, the Rebbe does not mean you should be an ascetic and sit in a sit you know sit in on, on ashes and, and eat eat uh, eat burnt toast. It's not what he's saying, right? 
eat, especially today. My goodness gracious, there's so much food. Baruch Hashem. In Russia, why, 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 you know, what was his kafia? Like he didn't take a second potato. Right? Today, there's so much food. So, so Rabbi Gafni. Rabbi Gafni was the Rosh Yeshiva in, in Kfar Chabad for many, many, many years. The very famous Yeshiva for Bali Tshuva in Kfar Chabad. So Rabbi Gafni once said in Fabring, and I wasn't there, a friend of mine told me he was there, that, 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 that he once said that what's, what's his kafia today? Eating healthy food. And not eat. I mean, come on, you know, it's not shaykh. Right? It's your masmid ate buckwheat groats all week long. That's all he ate. Right? He heard that's what the Alter Rebbe did. He said, it's good enough for the Alter Rebbe, it's good enough for me. He ate buckwheat groats all week long, and then he'd have a piece of chicken on Shabbos. Okay, I'm saying, that's not, that's not where you're living. It's, not, it's a different world. Okay. You want to do that? Fine. It'll probably just turn you into a big yesh. You'll just be so proud of yourself that you're so holy that you'll just you know, distance yourself from God so fully that we won't be able to find you. You'll be so low. Right? Okay. So don't do that. What, what's, what's a reasonable... To eat healthy food. In yeshiva, so eat what's there, get it done. No, some of the food's healthy, some of it's not so healthy. I mean, you know, the, the salad yesterday was a gewalt, right? But the, 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 you know, just take the food, eat it. In yeshiva, you're not in charge of your own food, okay? So take the food, eat it, you know, put a reasonable amount on your plate, the single most important thing, making sure there's enough for others, right, when you take your food, and, and, and eat it and be done. <laughs> and then get on with life. Because you don't even have to worry about Nishibi. You don't have to wash a dish. You don't have to prepare anything. It's unbelievable. You can get it done in 10 minutes and then get on with life. Okay. When you're preparing the food, healthy food. Eat healthy food. That'll be your iskafia relative to food. Not eating. It's not shayach bismanazah. Right? There are people who do it, but... The idea of fasting, all that, was very, very against such a thing because it just turns a person into a yesh. And we, when we fast, what's the only thing we think about all day long when we're fasting? Food. Right? So now there are days when we have to fast. You know, as of now, if we're still in Golis, Chas V'Sholem, in another uh, 13 days, we're going to have 12 days, we're going to have to fast. 13 days, right? Because it's pushed up. We're going to have to fast next Sunday. Uh, not next, the Sunday after that. Yudzayin Batamas. What are you going to do? If we manage to build the temples, we won't have to fast. <coughs> if we if we haven't, so then we're going to fast. The temple will be built. The temple, Bez Shem, will be built. There's no doubt about it. Right? So then we won't have to fast. Right? Those fast days, we do. Why? We have to. Self-imposed fast days, we generally don't do. Because we're not good at it. It doesn't help us. Why is it that I might lose my sensitivity to elokus, get into my sensitivity of myself and whatever else that entails? Everybody's different. Some people it's intellectual pleasure, some people it's physical pleasure, some people it's emotional pleasure, some people it's spiritual pleasure. But it's their own thing. <coughs> the coldness of the Nevishabhams. The etzim kult kait shaloi, his basic coldness in inyonim ruchnim. Because he's talking about the Nefesh Because it's a Now this is where I said the Rebbe gets very harsh regarding certain people. And it's heavy. And the Rebbe loves these people more than we can even imagine. But that doesn't mean the Rebbe is not able to say you know, serious things. Its name teaches about what it is. Nefesh Bahami. Kol chayuse vargashose, all of its vitality and its 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 sensitivity, rugby inyan bahamim, and animal things. Oh, so now the Rebbe says an amazing thing. So usually we think about that in terms of taivas, but the Rebbe says even in a much deeper level. Like we see in actuality, concretely, 
But muchash means we can see it actually with our senses. <coughs> Concretely, the Yesha Noshin, there are people, and hopefully now the Rebbe is not talking about us. Ke'elu, Asher Levadzois, in addition to the fact, Shem Reiki Michochmatero Midas Yesharis, that they're empty of wisdom and Torah and, and proper emotional attributes. Their deeds are like a behemah mamish. Now, what does that mean? That means that they, they do averas? No, that's not what the Rebbe's talking about. He's talking about something much worse. They trample and they ridicule heaven spiritual things. They have no comprehension whatsoever of these things. People who wouldn't know what a Rashi on Chumash is have theories as to whether or not the Torah was given by God or not. What? Who's Rashi? I don't know. Who's the Rambam? I don't know. Who's Rabbi Kiva? I heard about him. What do you know about him? I don't know. I think he was old when he got religious or something. Is that him? Yeah. Maybe they heard of him. And that person will actually enter into a discussion with you as to whether or not God gave the Torah. Couldn't find a Bereshis from a Shmeis. Would anybody in this room be silly enough to have a serious discussion with a physics doctorate student about string theory, which is now on the outs, right? It's on the outs, string theory. That's what I just found out. I haven't found out what it is yet, but I found out that it's on the outs. So I'm, I'm very happy because there's one less thing that I have to understand. Right? Okay. String theory, they say, is on the outs. Okay. Big thing in the 60s, 70s, 80s, big things. They're into it. Okay. But fascinating ideas. Okay. Anybody here going to have a serious discussion and, and have a position on the validity of string theory? How can I possibly have a position on the validity of string theory when I couldn't say three words about it? I really, honestly, I don't know. I know the string theory. I said three words. I don't know anything about it. Any of you ever been to the Appels? You know the Appels? Okay, so Rabbi Appel, I remember once, was sort of like, he, he somehow knew something about that, and he said once, we were for bringing, once said something really interesting that the string theory said about reality, and he tied it into his sense. He said, oh, okay, you realize you heard the string theory, that sounds like interesting. Okay. I've known nothing about it, but at least, I might not be a very smart person, I'm smart enough not to enter into a discussion, have a, have a position on the string theory. So why would people who don't know who Rashi is, who the Rambam is, who Rabbi Akiva is, what, they never learned the word of Torah in their life. They wouldn't know the difference between, between Meseches Baba Kama and Meseches Psochi. Why, how can that person possibly have a theory as to whether or not Torah is real? How can that possibly be? Why not just say, I know nothing about it? Okay, so good. You should know something about it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not interested. Okay. But a, a position to the validity of it? Unbelievable. So what does the Rebbe say? That's a behemoth. Because what does the behemoth do? Vahari huka behemoth mamish. Ahoy leches v'dereses mi bli havchein klal. Who walks and tramples without any distinction whatsoever. When a cow walks along. Is he looking carefully not to walk on something and smash it? No, he's just like walking. Imhu afar ve'etz, whether or not it's, 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 it's dust and wood, or a goof adam, or a person. 
It's such an apt thing to say. What started yesterday, evidently? I saw in the headlines in the newspaper. What started yesterday? I'm glad you don't know. You know, there's a bunch of absolute maniacs. I don't know who's stupider, the bulls or the people who are running out of the ways of the bull. But the bull run in Spain started... Yeah, what's it? Paplona? Paplona. Yeah, okay. So the bull run started yesterday. I just saw a picture. I look at the headlines, right? So there was a picture of guys stuffed against the wall with about seven things that were huge right next to them with big horns. I said, okay, I'm I'm glad I'm not that dumb. Okay, (laughs) fine. So the bull run. So now those bulls, right? Are they doing anything wrong? No, they're just being bulls. And they're running through the street. What are they going to do? If there's a person in the way, the bull is going to stop and go, whoa, don't want to step on a person. No, the bull just goes, just tramples anything. Why? Because he's a bull. He's just a behemoth. He doesn't know what he's stepping on. He's just going. That's what he, that's what he does, right? It's, he's a good guy. He's a bad guy. He just is what he is, okay? So there's people who don't have any sensitivity to Elokus, and they'll trample all over the Torah and say things about God, the Torah, all sorts of things they know nothing about, and they'll say things about them as if they, they have a position. They have a position. Anybody have a position on, you know, cutting-edge surgical, you know, the, 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 the procedures that are happening in Hadassah Hospital right now? I don't have a position, because I don't know anything. Why would I have a position on such a thing? I assume the surgeon must know what he's talking about. I hate to do that to my son, but uh, I can do it. <laughs> right? Okay. So that's behemoth, like the Rebbe says. And this is where the Rebbe is being harsh about people. But you have to understand, the Rebbe loves those people more than we can imagine. But that doesn't mean he's not willing to say what the truth is. The truth is that someone who says something against Torah and doesn't have a clue what Torah is, is like a behemoth. Doesn't mean a bad person. It's like a behemoth. They're stepping on something that they know nothing about. It's absolutely holy and godly, and they're trampling all over it as if it's uh, uh, an old newspaper. That's a behemoth. Is it their fault? It's not their fault. No one thought that their Yiddish guy was stolen from them. It's not their fault, but it's still, it's, it is what it is. Right? And that position is something, I know that being a uh, religious Jew in Elam Hazer, sometimes you can feel somewhat embarrassed or whatever, like when you're in an airport and you have to daven. And you have to have the Rebbe's breitka. The Rebbe teaches us this. Wait a minute. Who should be embarrassed? The people not praying to God or the people praying to God? People not praying to God should be embarrassed. How can you possibly walk around this world and not thank God for all the things you've done? Especially people, most of whom who are in that place where you are are about to get into a little metal tube and travel 500 miles per hour, 35,000 feet in the air. And you're not davening? You nuts? (laughs) You're just going to take all this for granted? That you're going to land in the other place safely? Better just take a sitter and start davening, man. You're, you should be embarrassed? They should be embarrassed. Now, I understand there's more of them. So, who cares? 
there's, I don't know whether there are or there aren't. aren't. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know what the statistics are, but it might very well be that people who are faithful to their spouses in America are in the minority, and most people are adulterous. That might be the statistic. The, the people who are faithful should be embarrassed. No, the other people should be embarrassed. <laughs> there's more. Who cares? Who cares? So don't be embarrassed about davening. It can be, you know, there's like a lot of things going on. And the, 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 just now when I went to Australia, it was very, it was really, I must say it was very interesting. At, at the perfect place to daven on the plane, I don't think I'd ever sat in a seat that was better for davening on a plane, other than, you know, business. If you get upgraded, that, that that's the best. But that doesn't happen very often. But, uh, but I was in the aisle seat. Next to me was, was, the, was, the, was, the, was the first row. I was the second row. The first row, and there was a whole space right in front of these people. Right, and then there was a wall there, so I could actually get up, put my tefillin on my seat, get all dressed, move my tefillin to the empty seat next to me, sit down in my seat, stand up whenever I had to stand up, I had all sorts of room, sit back in my chair, I could stand, and then go to Davin Shimon Esra, had this whole big place, huge, like I was a row and a half in front of the people behind me, big huge place, Davin. But what was interesting, why am I telling the story? So I finished Shimon Esra, and I went back to my, to my seat to sit down, and uh, there was a Muslim woman, 25, sitting right across the aisle from me, with a smile ear to ear, that someone was praying on the plane. I really wanted to talk to her. I didn't. I wanted to ask her, do Muslim women pray or not? Because I've never seen Muslim women pray. I've seen, I've seen Muslim men out in the middle of the airport. They're not embarrassed. They sit down, they do their thing, and they, they go on, get on with life. You see the workers in the middle of the street, and you wish a lot. They do it five times a day. On Turkish Airlines, it happens to be that at the top of the little map that shows you where you are, which is the thing I like to put on on planes, right? You'd like to see where you are. I also know when you have to dive. That little map at the top, call it Gavadlam. I was very impressed. It had, I didn't understand it, but it was clear to me what it was. It was uh, how far we were in time from different davening times, for the five different davening times. That was pretty impressive. I wish El Al had that, you know, an hour to Mincha. It was impressive. I was pretty cool. Okay. So this woman was she was she she got pleasure from the fact that someone was davening in front of her. It was clear she had this big. She kept trying to catch my eye, like you know, she had this big smile and she died. She was also she was a religious woman. She wasn't going to talk to me either, right? But she was clearly happy. That there was this, and she knew I was Jewish, right? but she didn't care. She just, there was someone davening to God next to her. That made her feel good. Right? Okay. Embarrassed? Why should we be embarrassed? Let's finish the Eisenhower stuff. There are people like this who are like a behemoth. They, they curse the Torah. They, they, there's another word for it. They, they make, make disparaging remarks about the Torah, mitzvahs. Umihem and there are amongst them a bechrim lehem drochim shenim. They choose different paths. Mitzvah zuem kaimim. This mitzvah they 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 fulfill. Ubeze inimritzim lekaim. And this one they don't want to fulfill. As if I know better than a kaddish baruch what's good for me. Vadaima. So where does this come from? The rabbi says the kolze bamiya azus from the chutzpah vakridus and the coldness the nevesh bahamis. Asher zehu asiba, that is the reason vagodim and the cause, masha adam bali de aveda, rachman al that a person can come to an aveda.
So as, as heavy as this ois is, what's it re, What's the panemius of everything? And we're going to see it in ois dalad. The panemius of everything the Rebbe is saying. Yes, this Aveira, it's coming from a place that's just a disaster. Get to, you know, see what, what's really happening. Okay, but what's the panemius of it? You also have a Nevesh This isn't you. He's not describing who you are. He's describing we are. He's describing who, what a certain part of us is. But there's another part of us called the Nevesh that doesn't have to fall prey to all of this. If this is me and only me, and this is all there is to me, okay? There's a religion based on that. The cult of the virgin birth is based on that completely. This is what people are, absolutely horrible, terrible, and they have to be saved, and their only salvation is to, you know, you know who, and, and they'll just, you know, they're going to rotten all of their rottenness in this world, but in the end, it'll all work out if they accept you know. Without an Nefesh Elkis, that's what it looks like, right? Because the Nefesh Elkis really looks like this. <laughs> but there's an Nefesh Elkis. And the Nefesh Elkis, what do we learn in the second chapter? The Nefesh Elkis can illuminate the Nefesh Elkis. The Nefesh Elkis doesn't have to be this, but naturally, this is what it is. The Nefesh of the non-Jew also doesn't have to be like this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to. Why? They're as, as obligated as anybody else. And the Rambam says that comes from Sinai. We were given 613 mitzvahs on Sinai. The Goyim were given seven. Those seven are really close to 100, but okay, seven mitzvahs. What are those seven mitzvahs? Fine, the seven mitzvahs b'nei noyach, and the, what, 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 since the intellect of a non-Jew comes from klipas noyach, so they can appreciate intellectually the need to serve God and the, and the properness of serving God, and, and they can serve God. Is it going to be selfless? No, it won't be. Is mine? I'd rather not go there, please. I can get there. Am I there? I can, because I have an episode of keys. He can't. Does that mean he's a bad guy? Might be dumb. I mean, amazing guy. He's come to the realization there's a God. God created the world. My life is about doing what he wants in a proper way, being an ethical person and a, and a, and a proper person. Right? And, and uh, I won't steal and I won't kill and I won't serve idols. Right? And I'll set up a judicial system that's, that's just, etc. Shevimus is Benayna. Okay. which the Rebbe talks about and talks about and talks about. <clears throat> so Nevesh Bahamis can cause us to do things that are the opposite of what we're supposed to do. Shehu ruach shtus to sitra achav a kisri Nevesh Bahamis. Shehem ma'ilimim u'mastirim they conceal al ora emes the light of truth add to such an extension nasa hepecha kavon yana that a person can do the opposite of what he was created to do. The kavon el yana the supernal intention is sheniva oilam that the world was created bichdei in order levadarai to rectify the lasaisei to make the world a klilelakus a vessel for the revelation of godliness. Again. Through the covering up of the Nevi'ah, a person can come to the opposite. The world, it's not enough. Not only is it not redeemed and, 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 and purified, it can conceal the truth. And this is the Ruch that covers up the truth. 
Kitzer, Yevar the Ruach Shtus, the spirit of folly, Toike for Taiva, the Nevesh Bahamis Bechlal, a person's Taiva and the Nevesh Bahamis in general, Mechasim hides, covers, Allah Emes, truth, Vagernim, and it causes Hedder Hergish Elokus, a lack of sensitivity to godliness, Vilui Mitzvahs, and the beauty of Mitzvahs, Upechisas Arichachmem, and a lack of sensitivity to the lowliness of being far from them. Okay, the next chapter, which we'll see tomorrow morning, because Bezshem will get back into a swing of things here. Amnam, however. And there's a big however.